What's up, everybody? This is Cortland from IndieHackers.com, and you're listening to the Indie Hackers podcast. More people than ever are building cool stuff online and making a lot of money in the process. And on this show, I sit down with these indie hackers to discuss the ideas, the opportunities, and the strategies they're taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. I'm so happy you're my co-host. I tweeted last week that I've been trying to convince you to become my co-host, and I don't I didn't really know how you felt, but you seem kind of excited about it. And honestly, like I have not been this excited to actually do the podcast in a long time. Like I really ha- I've been doing the podcast for 40 years, five years now since 2017. And I think it got kind of boring to me like two years in. You know, there's some interesting episodes, there's some episodes that are boring, but I think what never went away was this feeling of anxiety that I get recording the show because it's always been a guest focused show. I always bring on guests. Most of the time they're first time guests and I have no idea whether they're going to do a good job or not. And that just gives me like mild anxiety. I don't like to worry about that. And so I've been trying to find different ways to make the show fun for me to run forever and literally nothing has worked. But what's always fun for me, what's never not fun for me is when you and I get on a call and talk about indie hackers, talk about our lives, talk about what we're working on. And so I think the best thing we could possibly do for this show at least for it to be fun for me, is to bring you on as my co-host and just literally completely change the entire format. Of the show. <laughs> well, it's fun for you. Okay, but what about the calculus of what's fun for the audience? What makes you think that they're going to want to listen to me coming on and riffing about random ideas with you? I think people will like it. I think you're an intelligent guy. You're super smart. You're the most well-read person that I know, possibly, in terms of how often you read books. Most of the books that I read come from you. You just tell me that you read a good book and then I start reading that book. You know a lot about indie hackers and business and startups, so you can riff with me. Uh, We obviously have good chemistry. You know what you're willing to do that almost nobody is? You're willing to call me on my bullshit. Like, you will call me out because you're my twin brother and you've been calling me out for 35 years, and vice versa. There's maybe been one or two other guests on the show over the entire last five years who are willing to do that. And that's just, like, more fun for me and I think more fun to listen to. So, I don't know. I think the audience will like it. We'll find out. But, like, I care more about, like, do I like the show? And I really don't think people will stick with any show or any creation for that long if the person making it doesn't enjoy doing it that much because they're not going to be putting their all into it. Well, I like the idea of the fact that we meet every day for Indie Hackers and you speak about calling you out. Like the thing I constantly call you out for is we get off topic because we're riffing off of each other on really, really interesting topics like the kinds of stuff that we want to talk about on this podcast. So I like the idea that we can like have partitions like we have a place where we can actually do this and it's the thing that we're supposed to be doing i think that's one of the biggest differences between us though it's like i'm like this meandering wanderer right my days like if you look at my calendar it's pretty much empty if you ask me what i'm going to do today i'm like i have no idea what i'm going to do today you're the exact opposite you're like i have a regimented schedule i look my life literally on a timer and every minute of every day is accounted for like you're this productivity robot And so when I go off topic, I'm like, oh, this is delightful. Let's just talk about this. And you're like, dude, we need to get back on topic. We're like, I've got places to be, things to do, whatever. I'm like, why don't you take a chill pill, dude? And so I feel like this podcast is the one way I can get you to actually chill the fuck out. I distinctly have the feeling whenever we have meetings that you have nothing better to do. Like, that's the feeling that I always like. (laughs) I'm talking to my twin brother who I love about the business that I'm running that I love. Like, why would I have something better to do? That's awesome. I guess that's the dream. Everyone's got different dreams. I think the the whole point of enjoying life is like I spent my 20s working on startups hardcore, right? And all of them failed except for Andy Hackers. And depending on your definition of failure, you know, some were kind of okay. They made money, but they weren't what I wanted them to be. 
And I don't know how many times I turned down friends. He said, oh, we're going to the, the soccer game. You want to come? We're going out drinking. You want to come? I'm having a birthday party. We're going to this trip. I said, no, 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 because I was living entirely in the future. Like, I want to succeed at this thing that I'm working hard on. And so I ignored the present. I didn't live in the present. And I wasn't that happy. I was kind of fulfilled. You know, I was doing things that I like to do. But I'm much happier now, I think, when I have a good balance of living in the present. And part of living in the present means, like, not caring about what you have to do. It's kind of like not caring about your goals to some degree. So I, I agree with that. But I almost feel like we approach it we approach the same solution from different angles. So with me, like on the one hand, I want to have balance. I want to like, I want to spend time with my friends. I want to spend time with my girlfriends. I want to talk to my brother, but then I, I have all of these other things that I want to do as well. And I feel like if I get to the end of the week and I've just like pissed away my time doing the thing that was the most fun in the moment, like I tend to have regret. But why so, is that pissing away your time? Like, like, like if you did something that was super fun and it brought you happiness, like, what is the voice inside of you that says you pissed away your time doing that? I can understand that if it, like, wasn't that fun. Like, if you're just kind of sucked into, a, like, scrolling through TikTok and you're not having that much fun and you're just kind of stuck there, like, okay, you're pissing away your time. It's not good for the future or the present. But if you, like, go to an event with your friends and it's awesome, or you're having an awesome conversation with, like, your, like, your brother or, like, a, like, someone, like, why is that pissing away your time? I mean, it's opportunity cost, right? Like, I mean, I'm reading this book, or I'm rereading this book, Molecule of More, and it like points out that there's a difference between wanting to do something and liking the thing that you're doing. On the one hand, if you're if you want to do something, I mean, uh, I'll scroll Twitter and I'll really enjoy scrolling Twitter at that moment, just because I'm kind of kind of chasing this this idea of are the various headlines, are the various like first tweets going to deliver on what their promises are, and they don't have to deliver on that for you to still want to keep scrolling, right? And yet the things that I want to do often don't have that same like anticipatory charm. And so I think that there's a way where you can step back and you can say, hey, what's my whole project stack? Like, what are all the projects right. that I really want to do? You kind of do that in, a, in, a, in a, a sense of like abstraction and you can decide what you want to do. And then I think it's just like holding yourself to that. When I do that, I'm happier. I'm happier in real time. And I'm also happier in retrospect. Well, it's, it's kind of this weird thing because I have the same feeling. Like, if I'm doom scrolling on Twitter, honestly, it's not what I want to be doing. That's nev there's never a time where I'm doing that. I'm like, this is the thing I want to be doing most in life right now. I would almost always rather be reading a book or coding for indie hackers or hanging out with a lover or going somewhere with my friends or sleeping. Like, this is like almost anything is better for me than doing that. And so it's like, I wouldn't even agree that that's something I want to do. That's something where, like, I feel like I've been trapped. Like, someone who's an expert at understanding the human brain and psychology has gotten me hooked. And I'm in this weird, like, Neverland place, trapped between, like, I don't have the activation energy required to, like, not scroll to the next thing, but I also don't have the desire, truly, to want to scroll to the next thing. And so what do I do? I'm just trapped. I think that this is just the world that we're in. I mean, look, we have a lot of freedom. We work on indie hackers. In terms of, like, finding exciting things to do, the world is your oyster. But I feel that if you live in the opposite situation, in a world of scarcity, you have to be really proactive about creating abundance. But I feel like mm -hmm. in a world of abundance, you have to be proactive about creating scarcity because you have all of these things coming at you. You just have to like make hard sacrifices. I don't want to. I don't want right. to sacrifice like talking to my brother. But it's like if we have a ninety-minute meeting, you gotta like I got other shit to do. At a certain point in time, you gotta like all cut right, that all off. Right. All right. Well, 
you're on the podcast now, and so now you're not going to cut it off. <laughs> it's going to be 90 minutes or 60 minutes, however we talk about random ass shit that has nothing to do with whether or not you're being productive. Uh, which raises the question, what are we going to talk about on the show? If we're changing up the entire formula, I think that there's an inherent risk there where there's like people, 25,000 people about who listen to the Andy Hackers podcast who listen because they like what it is, right? And what is it? It's like an interviews-based show where I bring on Andy Hackers who talk about essentially whether or not the stories behind kind of the inspiring businesses that they're starting, right? And like, I don't necessarily want to do that anymore. It's not that I don't want to bring people on, but I would much rather have the basis of the show be me talking to you about what we find interesting and that be kind of the core, which means we'll have episodes like this one where there literally isn't anybody that we're interviewing. There's no story that we're telling. There isn't an inspirational Andy Hacker story. It's just you and me. So the question is like, does that work? And if it does work, does that work for an entirely different listener than we already have for the show so far? I know that I'm interested in conversations with you, but then I saw that you made a tweet about you trying to convince me. And I got a really interesting idea about it because Vincent Wu joked about coming on and like, I love Vincent. Being this a co-host. Right. About being, about being a co-host. And like, I don't know, that's the, I don't listen to a lot of Indie Hackers podcast episodes, ironically. Um, but I listened to a few, especially the ones where you had previously, you had guests that are, that I'm friends with. Like I loved the episode with Lin Tai. Lin Tai is both of our friend. Uh, I love the episode with Vincent Wu. So I like the idea of inviting some of these people on so that we could just sort of riff with them. I think that's kind of a no-brainer for sure. Like, let's bring on people that we know, that we like talking to. We'll do our own thing most episodes or half the time, and then we'll bring them on. They can join us. But what about, like, the essential challenge that I've always had with indie hackers is if I bring on someone who's totally new. Like, I meet someone on the website or over my email who's, like, got a cool business, and she's crushing it, but, like, she has never been on the mic before. She's never told her story publicly before. There's a part of me that's like, fuck it. I want to bring her on anyway. And But then it's, like, a total crapshoot, right? Half the time it's a dud. The download numbers are super low. Half the time, how many episodes have you recorded and then deleted? Maybe like uh, ten or fifteen. I talked to the founder, one of the founders of Typeform. It's the worst conversation I've ever had on a podcast. It took me like six months to get him to say yes. We kept going back and forth. He kept forgetting who I was and saying yes, and then like disappearing. And then he finally showed up one day, and I'm like so ready to interview this guy. I'm like preparing questions forever, and he's like, "This is only twenty minutes, right?" I'm like. Dude, it's an hour. It's on your calendar for an hour. It's like, oh, I only have 20 minutes. And I'm like, fine, let's just do it. Hoping I can get 20 minutes out of him now. And then like maybe another 20, 30 later. And he gets, just gave me like the most half-hearted, lukewarm. Like he wasn't even really paying attention. So I just like canceled the episode. And I was like, oh, have a good day, dude. And just deleted it. Uh, I haven't had anything that bad before. But I've had other episodes that just didn't go that well. Like even with Len Tai, we recorded a bunch of times. And she was all nervous. And we threw out the first two or three recordings and the one that went live is the one that was the best. And so I think that's kind of part of the creative process for anything, for writing, for making movies, for podcasting. But honestly, it's not that fun. Like, especially if you have guests who you don't know, like it doesn't feel good to tell somebody their episode isn't that good and you're not going to publish it. Whereas with you, I could be like, dude, you suck. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> and I don't care at all because it's like I'm used to saying that kind of stuff to you and you don't care. I'm also interested in just seeing what I like about other podcasts that are sort of, that are sort of similar to this. Yeah. And then maybe lifting that. There's a good uh, episode of Naval's podcast where he's talking about uh, an idea from Peter Thiel, which is like you kind of want to avoid competition. So like every super hyper competitive industry on earth is like pretty much impossible to be number one because everyone's doing it. But it's hard to do that because essentially we're kind of copycats. And so if everybody around you is building a startup, like you want to be the best startup founder. 
if everybody around you is good at dancing or all your friends are good at basketball, like suddenly you find yourself like wanting to practice dancing and practice basketball. And that's how you get sucked into super hyper competitive things that are hard to win. And I think podcasting is hyper competitive. There's like a million different podcasts in like every industry, every vertical. And so I think part of what we need to do is like not copy what other shows are doing. And the only way to do that is just to be authentically who we are, right? Which is why I want to talk to you because the only way to be authentically who you are is just to do things that you love. And I love talking to you about different stuff. You have a lot of things that you love. And if we do that, then like nobody's going to be chanting Alan better than you could be chanting Alan. Nobody's going to be better at being me than I can be me. But if we copy other shows, then like the best that we could ever do, even if we're amazing at copying some other show, is to be second best to them. That's true. At the same time, there are probably things about other shows that they do that we could take inspiration from. I mean, there are things that we do better than anyone else. Um, it's kind of like this tightrope. It's almost like a paradox where to do anything of quality, you have to be empathetic and you have to know, like, what do your listeners want? What do your customers want? What do your users want? You have to put yourself in their shoes and essentially make something that they want. It's like literally the motto of Y Combinator, make something people want. But to be authentic, you have to do what you want and what you love. And that's like a complete paradox. It's like you can't do both of those at the same time unless you're just extremely lucky and what you love happens to be exactly what everybody else loves. But I think like the, like the resolution to this paradox is realizing that you don't have to do those at the same time for every single thing. If you like pizza, for example, you could say, okay, I like pizza. I don't care if my audience likes pizza. I like pizza. So I'm going to inject pizza into like the title of my podcast, into the clothing and the merch that I sell. And to like, you know, the segment that comes at the end of my podcast and this particular question, whether anybody else likes it, I like that, right? But then you could also have the empathetic side where you're like, well, people really want to hear fascinating interviews. So they want to really want to hear from guests who have a lot of authority. So they're believable. Or they really want to hear, you know, people's backstory. You can insert that too. And that doesn't clash with the fact that you like pizza. And so you have both of these things at the same time. And so, so in think- this case, so in this case, it comes a lot down to things that we both like. And, right. uh, like the kind of funny thing is that we have a lot of things in common, but we also are like polar opposites. All right. Why don't, why don't you tell me what I like? I'll tell you what I think you like. I think you like huh. neuroscience. That's you true. You like books. Mm-hmm. You like being cool. <laughs> you being like cool. comedy, writing, fiction in particular. I think you like playing games and not like literal video games, but playing, uh, sort of turning your life into a game. And you like, productivity i think you like all of those things more than almost anything else that's true i like games too we we literally ran a a world of warcraft guild together for many years you like games but that was like 15 years ago you were like a kid i mean you play Fortnite, but i feel like those are the things that i think you're the most interested to talk about and actually do sure okay well with you i think obviously we both like productivity you probably like it less than i do you're less obsessed less obsessed over it um I don't know. I think you like keeping in touch with a lot of your old friends. You've kept your like college social network for a lot longer than I have. You like non-monogamy and relationships and experimenting with that. Um, obviously, you like startups. You like tech. You still go to Hacker News like on a daily basis. I I check it almost like professionally just because you know we gotta we gotta keep the ball running with indie hackers and we have to kind of keep up with our competition. Um, and I think you have a lot of aspirational goals. I think you want to travel more. I think you want to like, in a lot of ways, I think about your interests as you spent your 20s hunkering down doing startups and denying a lot of the things that you could have been spending your life doing. 
And in a lot of ways, you're like on the on the redeem team now. You now are right. like, okay, what are all the things that I kept bottled up? I'm gonna go do that shit now. Ooh, you know what you like that I left out is politics. That's not true. What what about politics do I like? You love politics, dude. And I know a bunch of people in the audience probably just cringed because the last thing they want to do is hear the Andy Hacker show trying to do a show about politics. I don't think but so. every single time there's any sort of election, you're the person out of all my friends and family who's sending me the most links about who said what, what's going on, what's changing, what's new. You care more about that than anyone that I'll tell I you what. I'll tell you what. I, I don't like politics. I think that I have a very gameable brain. So right now on Twitter, I'm following one person because I have unfollowed, unfollowed everyone else. And it's just this daily death reminder because when like there's some sort of new big what is know, that? story – it's it's it doesn't it's like it's an it's a, an account oh, that I've just spams you're gonna die one day. You will so die someday. I go, it is every you, single day. You will die someday. Um, because See, that's morbid. <laughs> Why would you follow this? It's account? amazing. It's amazing. It just because what it does is it makes it so that when I go to Twitter mindlessly when I'm supposed to be doing work and I find myself scrolling just because I want to entertain oh my myself, God. I see that and I get reminded like why the hell am I on Twitter? Right. The most and I think that ever. before before I had that, um, I'm just I have a really gameable mind when when someone like I, clickbait gets me. And whenever there's it's political season, clickbait gets me. Right. That whole list of things that I like, the whole list of things that you like, we should just talk about that whenever we want to. We shouldn't talk about shit that we're not interested in. And then there's the other side of the equation, which is like what actually works on a podcast. Right. And so I think you mentioned earlier, there's like different shows that we like. Let me pull up my do you use Google Podcasts? What's your podcast I do. app? Yeah, yeah, Google Podcasts. How often do you actually listen to podcasts? I listen to podcasts literally every day. I do some reading. I do some podcast listening every single day. Okay, that's more than me. I go months without listening to a podcast, and then I'll have months where I listen like three or four times a week. I'm scrolling through my list. I'm subscribed to probably 35 podcasts, and I only listen to three or four of them. I listen to conversations with Tyler, where Tyler Cowen just brings on expert scientists and world leaders, and he just he'll read like fifty books before he talks to somebody. Then he'll grill them with questions that half the time you as a, a listener won't even understand. And they'll have this crazy conversation that's like not at all dumbed down, and you're basically just a fly on the wall, which I love. I have the Tim Ferriss show, which I listen to very rarely. I wait for somebody that I, I respect or care about or a topic that's interesting to me. I listen to that, and then I skip every single other. Episode. I'm the I'm the exact same, but I feel like I feel like that's the kind of podcast. It's sort of like Joe Rogan, where I can't imagine doing it any other way because they're super long. They're super long, but it's also they're very topical, and I don't want our show to be that. Like I don't want to have a show where today we're talking about writing books, tomorrow we're talking about hiring, the next day we're talking about fun rate. Where it's like, okay, I'm just gonna pick and choose. I would rather you and I just riff, and it be the kind of show you can dip into any episode, and it's always entertaining because it's you and I riffing. So do you think that we should have any topics, though? I mean, this is ostensibly a, an entrepreneurship show. Yeah. Like, should we be faithful to that to some extent? Should we, like, I think should we there should be have any segments that we do? Like, what? Yeah, yeah. what if we have segments? So, like, I mean, I don't know, like, the stereotypical segments on podcasts. We're like, what are your top five favorite books? Blah, blah, blah. Like, we shouldn't do that. But, like, we can do, uh, number one, like, what's going on in our personal lives? Like, I want to hear what's going on in your life. You got some interesting projects and stuff you're working on. I have cool stuff I'm working on in my life. We should share that whenever it comes up. We can do just insights. Like I know you write a lot. I'm trying to tweet a little bit more. 
We both learn a ton during indie hacker doing indie hackers. I have like giant lists of just like startup lessons that I've learned. Oh, you know I've what? Always I always thought about now that you now that you bring that up. I started writing a like a newsletter about my processes and about like yeah, you know, I'm really system right. oriented. And I, I wrote a post because I thought I was gonna write like seven more posts. And then I got really busy and I haven't done that. And I actually literally yesterday got someone in my email complaining that I basically created a teaser. And you told me some girl read that and was like, you know, sort of a productivity system like this doesn't make any sense. And you yeah. knew that that was only the tip of the iceberg. So my idea is maybe I just don't do that super time consuming newsletter. And instead I just riff on some of those ideas. Yeah, just talk about what podcast. you're doing here. Yeah, I love that. I would consider that like a personal life update, a kind of like a personal hack. Uh, we can bring people on. We can interview people. We can have friends on and riff. We can just talk about some stuff on Indie Hackers. Because usually what we talk about is like, okay, did you see this post on Indie Hackers? Or here's what we're trying to do. Or how do we fix this problem? I think if you're listening to this show, you're probably a fan of Indie Hackers, the website. And so figuring out, like, listening to what we're doing for the website, I think is not bad. We can do uh, almost like an advice column, like Dan Savage does where people write in with like their crazy stories of like their fucked up love lives and sex lives and they'll just like give them advice. We can do the same thing where people sort of write in with their problems. Like I can make a post on the forum and be like, okay, ask me a chanting, a question, share a story. I like that one. We might talk about it on the air. I don't know. Some, some combination of either making fun of people or actually helping them with their problems. If all goes well, it'll be an interesting show and we won't get canceled. And that's, well, that's also the reason why I want to bring on people that we know, like that we have good rapport with. Because I feel, like for example, I feel that you have there is much more of like the authentic, like ball busting, call bullshit when you see it vibe right. that you bring if you if you're talking to like Vincent Wu or if you're talking to certain true, people. True. So yeah, maybe that maybe that'll that. be our guest filter. People that we know who are indie hackers or who are interesting and related to like any of the topics that we care about, whether that's science or productivity or tech or business, then I think on the high end is like people that we don't know who we look up to. You read a lot of books, I read a lot of books. We both read a lot of essays and novels and listen to podcasts. There's a lot of these people who I just like look up to, you know, like I want to talk to Jonathan Haidt. He wrote a cool essay about capitalism. He's doing all these research on capitalism. Like I want to talk to him about the ethics of capitalism on the Andy Hackers podcast. And I'm pretty sure you would enjoy that conversation. Like you also read dudes books. So I don't know if we can start there, but eventually I like to get to that place. So I think we should bring on a lot of authors too. and just talk to them about stuff that they are like the world-class expert on. Yeah, I mean, that's a like already what I do to determine what I want to read is I look at my interests, I look at the projects that I'm working on, and I think about like, you know, what are, what are those projects? I'm working on Indie Hackers, it's a business, I'm running a community. I want to talk to like Andrew Chen, the guy that wrote um, The Cold Start Problem. It's all about like yeah. network effects. Um, I'm really into writing fiction, right? So lately, one of my favorite authors has, has been this guy, Will Storr. I'm interested in fiction and I'm interested in science. And he wrote a book called The Science of Storytelling. So I would love to pick his brain. I'm all down for having the kinds of people that I, I usually read their books, bringing uh -huh. them on and actually having conversations with them. Same here, dude. What's cool about the phase that we're in with Indie Hackers is like Indie Hackers is, is a successful business. And I put business in quotes because Indie Hackers like already sold to Stripe a long time ago. It doesn't make any money. But I think there's almost like two phases to every business, right? You got the like, the make it work phase, and then you got the reap the benefits phase. And we're pretty lucky that we have a business and a community where like the reap the benefits phase is pretty cool. The make it work phase, I think it's all about like, how do I actually make money from my business? How do I actually like, you know, create something that works? And I think the biggest mistake people make here is 
the day they quit their job, they're like, I'm free. And they fill up all their free time with a bunch of random shit and chores that's not working on their business. And they feel like they haven't earned it yet. Like your business doesn't work yet. You know, the day you quit your job and you work on your own company, like you're not free yet. Like you've got to work on it and get it to the point where like it's self-sustaining. But once you get there, I think it's very important to like question your assumptions and ask like, okay, like do I want to keep making more and more and more money? Or do I want to focus on like all these creative freedoms and other types of freedoms like time and creative freedom and the freedom to like very importantly work with whoever you want to work with, which is I think super underrated. And with Andy Hackers, it's like, I can work with you. We can sit here and have business meetings and turn them into a podcast. Creative freedom, we can talk about whatever we want. And there's really no downside because we have like the underpinnings. Like we're solidly in phase two. And so I think everything we do with the podcast should just be, just start off kind of with that as like the North Star. Like what do we actually want to do? And if the show goes from 25,000 listeners to 15,000 listeners, like I don't care. But I honestly suspect that if we do what we want to do, it'll go from 25,000 listeners to 250,000 listeners because it's just more obvious that it's a good show and that's what people want to hear. Yeah, I feel like we've never gotten past the make it work phase with the site or the podcast. And honestly, I don't even really know what the make it work, like getting it to the point where, like, I don't know what it now works. Well, I think, like. I think there, I think we have, right? I just think we get to like, you get it to the make it work phase and then you're just like, okay, what's the next level of making it work, right? Like, okay, Andy Hackers is, getting to the front page of Hacker News every single week. It's getting tens of thousands of page views. That was five years ago, right? That worked, right? It made enough money to pay my rent. Like, that worked, right? And then I was like, okay, well, raise the bar. Join Stripe. Patrick Collison's talking about, like, changing the world in the face of entrepreneurship. And it's like, okay, new bar, right? Now we got to make that work, right? Like, can we make an, an internet forum or a social network that, like, is kind of, like, people-powered where we're not running all the content? Like, we did that. If you and I don't post on Indie Hackers for the next six months, there's still going to be thousands of posts a month, right? We made that work, right? So we just keep raising the bar. And I think there's something in that that's fun. Like, I like raising the bar, but I think you also need to sort of live in the moment and figure out, like, how to, like, reap the rewards. So I want to do a combination of those. I want to be ambitious. I want to talk to bigger and better guests who, like, you know, we previously couldn't have dreamed of getting in the room with. I want the website to be bigger and better. I want it to be, like, the number one social network where most entrepreneurs start their journey. But I also want to be able to sit down and talk to my brother on a podcast. I want it too. Here we go.